how do you position yourself to become the go-to person in your niche or in your industry? How do you position yourself that people know that you are the authority in the thing or in the industry for which you want to place your value and your name at? Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about commanding your brand and how you really position yourself in a way that people know that you are the go-to person and you are the authority in your niche and in your industry. I can't wait to talk to today's guest because he's all about helping us command our brand similarly to me helping you to maximize your brand. This is going to be a great episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Maximizer Brand Podcast with Markeith Brayton. So excited to be with you again this week as we have another great guest with us. And, you know, we're always trying to provide great value so that you can really begin to learn how to leverage your personal brand to be seen, be heard, and to get paid. And my guest this week is some. Someone who I have come to learn is uh, an authority in his particular industry, and his name is Jeremy Ryan Slate. He's a podcast and media expert. Jeremy Slate is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world, including the former CIA director, Super Bowl champions, and even a three-time Indianapolis 500 winner. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and new media to create trust and opinion leader status. And so without going through his whole bio, we're going to go ahead and bring Justin in the space. Good afternoon to you, Justin. Thank you for joining me on the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, I gave a little brief bio of you, but I like for my guests to introduce themselves in their own words. So share a little bit more about your stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I guess, a, a lifelong nerd as I have a, a master's in ancient history and uh, taught school for a couple of years before I fell into the podcasting and uh, new media space. I'm a husband, a father of two beautiful daughters. Um, we have uh, two dogs and a pet pig named Remington. So uh, I am a, a super podcast nerd and I just I love what I do every day. Awesome. Well, we have uh, that in common. I didn't know that you were a former teacher. I spent some time teaching high school myself. And so great to know that you were an educator as well. I did that for two years, man. And, and like I'm, I'm 34. So like when we were in school, like if people had flip phones like that was a big deal and uh i wasn't used to like so this is back in 2013 like i wasn't used to like oh my gosh kids have social media and stuff like that now so like every day of my life was them trying to see if they could get me on video being angry so like it, it just wasn't a great experiment for me <laughs> got it got it got it 
Well, tell us a little bit more about your business, Command Your Brand. So we really see ourselves as the PR firm for the podcast space. We're really trying to make sure that podcasters get exactly what they need in a guest and then our clients get exactly you know what they need in the brand positioning because I feel like that podcast interviews are some of the best networking that you're ever going to do. So we really make sure that um, our clients are really well trained to deliver um, an awesome experience and add a ton of value because that is really the reason that um, you know this exists so that we can add a ton of value to the audience out there because if, if they're not getting something out of it, then there's really no reason for any of us to be doing any of this. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Well, our topic for discussion today is going to be all about how to position yourself as a go-to expert into in your space. And I always like to, to talk about that because that's what I'm all about is helping uh, those individuals who are interested in transitioning into coaching, speaking, um, consulting, and how do you become that go-to person in your industry and in your space? And so I want to really kind of hone in there and, and have a conversation around around that particular topic. And so my first question uh, to you, what does it mean really to become the go-to person? It means when people think of that subject, they think of you, right? If they think of sales, they think of Grant Cardone. If they think of social media, they think of Gary Vee. Um, you know, if they think of winners, they think of LeBron, you know what I mean? Like you're that person that they think of, um, when they think of that different subject or whatever it may be. So to me, that's what the go-to is. There is no competition. There is just you because you've made yourself the one that people know about. So to me, that's what a go-to really is. Yeah. And you know, you're sharing your expertise and you're sharing what you believe you are, um, really the best at. I say, I would say, because if you're going to be the go-to person, that means that you're the individual. When we think about that problem, when we think about that challenge, when we think about the potential solution to our problem, we should be thinking of you if you are the go-to person in your industry and in your space. When you talk about the whole idea of becoming the go-to person and personal branding, how do you see the two coming together in order to create that synergy around you being that person that people go to for the problem you solve? Well, I think the first is really knowing like what you stand for. And I, and I find far too often people don't really fully grasp what they do for someone else, You know, whether it be as a coach, whether it be as a consultant, as a speaker, they don't fully grasp that. And because of that, they, they tend to just blend in with the crowd, right? They tend to just say exactly what everybody else is saying because it's popular, because it's interesting, whatever it is. Instead, they really need to find out what is different and special and unique about what they do. And that is gonna be the thing that you really hammer home. So if you're going to, to really stand out, you gotta go in an area where you don't have competition. And that's really looking at what that expertise is. I find far too often there's people just you know, basically ripping off others in the space rather than deciding like, hey, this is my exact viewpoint. This is exactly how I solve and this is what is unique about what I do. But you have to start there or nothing you're going to do after that matters. Nothing you're going to do after that even makes sense, honestly. Because right. when you when you don't differentiate, you're promoting everybody else in your space and you're not really getting your name out there. And I like you, you use that term, differentiate. What does it really mean to differentiate yourself. I know, I know a lot of times we can, you know, talk about uniqueness and talk about being an original, which at the end of the day, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. That's the scripture of the Bible. <laughs> and so how do you really differentiate yourself in your industry, you know, as an expert? 
Well, first of all, like I said, it's really having that, you know, opinion and what matters. Um, you know, like this is the XYZ way that I discovered to do it and this is what works. And that's what you really need to have as an expert because experts have a certain way of doing things. But the other thing too is there's a really great book that your audience should definitely check out. Um, it's by Jack Trout and Al Reese. And this is back from like the 70s. It's called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And positioning is this idea and branding of something you're seen for or against. And what you're doing is you're taking something that people that are already familiar with using it as either a comparison point or a compare against point. And because of that, you're going to grab some memorability in it. And what I mean by that is like you, you hear and, and it annoys the heck out of me, but people always say like, oh, we're the Uber of blank. Well, people are positioning themselves with Uber because people already know, okay, that's a service that I can you know do this with. Oh, so they must be similar to that service in their industry. So what you're really going to do is find out what positioning am I getting? There can also be positioning in how you're seeing like for example, uh, we had a client in the real estate space and his positioning to me really said, you know, I'm a badass. So you need to take a look at how is that positioning going to make you different. So that's the really the big thing you got to hammer in first is what positioning am I trying to achieve? What am I for? What am I against? What influencers am I, am I similar to? What influencers am I different to? Because that's really going to help you nail in that initial like, what do I even do with this? Because if you don't have some of this groundwork done, like how am I different? What do I stand for? And what positioning am I going to achieve? Nothing else you're doing after that really matters. And so it's important for you to really be aware of what other influencers are doing in your industry in order for you to dif differentiate, right? And does it have yeah. to be like a huge difference, you know, or could it be something minute that's specialized and particular to you? It could just be minute. It could just mm -hmm. be that, that single thing you hang your hat on. It doesn't have to be like, okay, so we figured out how to slice the bread upside down. Like you don't have to get crazy like that. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's gotta be something that is unique and special and different to you. And it may even be just the way you discuss topics. You know what I mean? Like in the way you communicate about things. So you need to figure out what is that differentiating factor. And it does not have to be huge, but it does have to be something you can hang your hat on. That's good to hang your hat on. And sometimes that could be systems or your business model or, yes. you know, a particular way you teach a particular aspect to solving a solution. And so it doesn't always have to be this big, huge, different way that you do things. Sometimes it can be something small and minute. So when well, we and, think of for example, like like with what we do at Command Your Brand, like you know, a lot of people in our industry call tend to call themselves, you know, podcast bookers or, you know, bookers of podcasts. Um, we're, we really call ourselves a podcast PR firm and that's a differentiating factor because we operate internally like a PR firm would. So it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but it can even be the verbiage you use can be your differentiating factor. Nice. Nice. Even the messaging, even the, the copy that you use in order to differentiate yourself. So when we think about becoming the go-to person in your industry or becoming the go-to expert for the problem that you solve, what are some ways that uh, we can go about doing that? Well, so first and foremost, like I said, you have to know how you're different. You have to know what positioning you're achieving. Once those two are locked in, you start looking at how do I get seen and heard? Mm -hmm. And one of those is by the content you're creating. And that's why I really like having your own podcast because it's an easy way to achieve a couple different things. And that's getting your message out by communicating to people and doing it often but also achieving positioning too in that way because you're seen with a lot of influencers. 
So you tend to borrow a lot of that credibility. So that's a really, really great thing because like I said, if you're an expert, you have something to say. So being able to do it on a podcast to me is an easy way to do it. And, and because like I said, my background's in like ancient history. So like you should see some of the papers I wrote years ago. I did not communicate well to your everyday person. It took me a long time to learn how to do that. So I couldn't be a blogger. I couldn't do written articles early on, but I could do a podcast. So you have to figure out what that content delivery mechanism you're gonna do is. And to me, the podcast and having your own is really the perfect vehicle to do that because it allows you to connect with people and also be heard. So your content creation is, is really, really important. But after that, it's like, how do I get out there? Because you wanna kind of expand that attention. And I find a, there's a really easy way for a lot of people to do that and they just totally don't do it. Um, they, you know, everybody wants the Forbes and the ink and all these different things, which are great and you can get there eventually. But I, there's something that I call the small pond strategy. And this is something absolutely everybody can do. Everybody's a big fish in a small pond somewhere. I grew up in a small town. It's five eighths of a mile in size. Literally nothing happens there. So like, you know, if, if a traffic light is out, it's like headline news. So you want to find out what is your small pond. It may be your town. It may be your university. Um, I currently live in a lake community. They have a magazine and it's beautiful and it goes around to everybody's house in that lake community. So you want to make a spreadsheet of a list of all these different places that are, you know, small ponds for you. And those places you can then write press releases to and they'll usually print them word for word. And that's a really, really easy way to do two different things. Get it in a print version, but a lot of them also have online versions now as well, which means it also hits Google News. So now you're creating backlinks. So it's a really, really good way to get seen early on, develop a portfolio of press, and do it in an area where there isn't a ton of competition. And if your audience is like, oh my gosh, press releases, how do I write that? Um, there's a really great article by HubSpot. If you want to Google how to write a press release in 2021, they update it every year. So if, you, uh, mm. if, if they're listening to this in 2022, just do how to, how to write a press release in 2022. But learning how to write a press release and sending it to local media can actually get you picked up and the purpose of a press release is actually to get media coverage. So just getting printed in the paper is cool, but then if somebody reads that, which is how I got on TV the first time, you can get more media coverage out of that. And it helps you to kind of just get started and, and start developing that. So let's talk a little bit about that because you mentioned that uh, before we actually started the interview about how you, you really focus on helping uh, individuals uh, to really leverage their local media in order to start to grow that reputation and start to grow that brand and, and expertise or so being the sought after individual. And so, you know, there are levels to that. Um, what is your recommendation for where a person should start? Should they start in the local newspaper? Or should they go for the gusto and maybe start for local talk shows that are connected to the local uh channels in the area you know where should they start if they really want to take that route of going local first before they kind of grow outside of the local environment honestly the smaller the better because when you're just getting started and you don't have media coverage number one there's less competition and number two you're going to have a better chance of actually getting it which i guess is having less competition in a way um so like you really want to go the smaller the better so the first one i started with is a small weekly that gets mailed to everybody's house in my county and the county next to it. So you're getting seen by a lot of different people and it gets mailed to every house in the county. How great could it be? So like it really gets you that early media coverage and they also prints in their online version. So you're getting things you can then put on your website then on a media page to create coverage. 
So that's kind of the first place to start it. Um, at the same time, something you can do early on as well is when you're looking at producers on different like local news shows and stuff like that, they're always looking for experts on different subjects. So I tell people a really good thing to do is write an email that's basically like what your su expert subject subject area expert at. It's like a tongue twister. And then, you know, send those to different producers for smaller news channels like your your local Fox affiliate, your local CBS affiliate, your local ABC affiliate. And those are that's a really good way to kind of just keep things on file for when things come up. And then at the same time, when you see something in the news that's relevant to what you're doing, say you can remind them, hey, I had earlier sent you um, a pitch that I'm a subject matter expert. You know, XYZ topic is in the news right now. I can talk about that and I can explain that. Um, that's going to be another really great way to get featured. So you start small, build some credibility, but at the same time, start putting some feelers out for when things do happen in the news that you're, you know, newsworthy for. And it's going to be kind of a great way to start, you know, blanketing the area. But to me, the smaller, the better is the best place to start. So the smaller, the better is the best place to start. And so are all things equ um, created equal when it comes to, you know, you talked about the press releases. I receive emails uh, every week for individuals to uh, be on the podcast. And so is that a step up or is that still small or what do you, how do you see doing podcast and creating a content and media that way versus doing the local channels so to me local channels and local press is always first it's kind of like your your beta step after that i think podcasts actually come after that and the reason i say that is is i don't know about you but like when i look for a guest one of the big things i look for is credibility Mm -hmm. So you're, you're going to decrease your chances of getting rejected once you start to build some media credibility. And when you can do that locally, and then maybe with some local like news affiliates, you can start getting some attention, and then you're going to find podcasts to be an easier pitch. Nice. But you're also going to take a look at shows that have less than 20 episodes and less than, less than 50 reviews. Mm -hmm. Because around 20 episodes, if you make it past that point, there's a good chance that show is going to survive for a little bit. But 20 episodes and under is where something we have called pod fading happens. And that's where they get started. They come out with a head of steam and they say, oh, man, this is too hard. I didn't make a million dollars yet. I quit. So <laughs> it's going to be less competition to start getting some of that coverage earlier on. But you want to go with that after you've gotten some local media coverage. And then as you build up more of that and you have some examples you can show people, you can start approaching bigger shows. But to me, you start local first build a media page on your website, which is a page that holds all the links and logos of places you've been featured. So that way you have some credibility and it's going to make those other asks a little bit easier. But to me, I would always go with podcast second. Hey, just popping in real quick to say two things. Thank you for listening to the Maximize Your Brand podcast each and every week. And number two, I want to let you know that I am offering a brand new program called Laser Coaching with Markeith Brayton. I know you have dreams. I know you have aspirations and things that you want to do. And sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to get you moving in the direction that you desire to go in. I can remember back in 2014, when I first got laid off my job, I had a decision to make. Was I going to pursue my dream or was I going to go back to the nine to five rat race that I just did not enjoy. And the only thing that really helped me to make that decision was that I invested in myself and got coaching. And that coaching was 
tremendous in my making the decision to keep going and pursuing my entrepreneurial dream of becoming a professional speaker and a digital personal brand coach. And today, I want to make that same offered opportunity to you, that if you're ready to move to your next level, if you're ready to learn how to leverage your personal brand for a business, then this opportunity is great for you. Laser Coaching with Markeith Braden. It's a three-month time frame where you get up to 15 to 30 minutes unlimited laser coaching. But there is one caveat. You have to make sure that you finish the homework from each coaching session before you schedule a new one. And once again, it is for a 90-day time frame and it's unlimited coaching, 15 to 30 minutes. You can schedule as many as you want, as long as you do your homework in between the sessions before you schedule your next session. So if you are interested in laser coaching and this offer, I want you to go to markeithbrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash laser coaching. And let's move you in the direction that you want to move in because sometimes you just need a little bit of accountability to help you along the way. I look forward to seeing you signing up for Laser Coaching with Marquise Brady. So could you give us give us an example of, you know, how you began to approach it, meaning, you know, share what your pitch was uh, when you first got started based on your expertise and, and how that process went? Well, some of it's expertise and some of it's like interesting lifestyle stuff, okay. right? Like okay. I did the Strongman at the Fair, and that was a, a fun event. We raised money for, uh, for women that were victims of domestic violence. So we wrote a press release about that. We sent it into the newspaper and it ran. And that was something we could then add to our media page, which is more of a lifestyle thing. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. lifting heavy things. I'm throwing kegs over a bar. Like it was, a, it was a good time. So that's one thing. Another thing is like, what is things that are unique about what you're doing? So for example, when we, heard, first heard our fi- when we hit our first 50,000 downloads of the podcast, like in the grand scheme of things in the podcast world, that's not a big deal. But to people outside of podcasting, that sounds huge because they have no idea. So we wrote a press release about that and what were, um, you know, some of the guests we had had and things like that. It got picked up. It got printed in different places. I got a TV appearance out of that. So that's something that's unique and different. We did a, a live interview um, back in the days when you could still do stuff like that. And we sold tickets uh, to, with, with author James Altucher. And we sold tickets and had people come to the event. We wrote a press release about that to tell people about it. Um, I do a lot of anti-drug speaking in schools. So we wrote a press release about that and we talked about that. So those are different things you can do because they're newsworthy. They're interesting and they're a bit different, especially with something that's more of a nascent industry like podcasting, right? It's something that's newer that people don't know as much about. So it's really interesting to media, right? Like that's why they're so interested in things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and things like that because people don't really know a lot about it yet. So if you can find a way to do that. But another example would be, let's say you're a veteran-owned business. Well, that's really interesting and unique and special. So you may want to talk about that. There's all different things you can do. It could be the charity that your business donates to. So you want to find out those things, and those are the things you're going to talk about because they're going to be interesting to news and media. So it sounds like press releases, even though you know it almost sounds antiquated, press releases are still very powerful 
tool to use in order to leverage the media? They're more powerful because people think they're antiquated. <laughs> mm. There's just less competition there. Now, I'm not a big believer in those services where you like pay 500 bucks and we'll distribute your press release in blah, blah, blah places. They're worthless and they're not going to get you much attention. If you can figure out what are the targeted places that you want to send releases yourself, you'll get something out of it. Um, you know, for your audience, don't waste your money on press release services. They stick them on the website of a news organization for like 24 hours or seven days and they don't really get you any backlinking or anything like that and they don't really get you any attention. So to me, it's find out what those targeted places are that are going to be interested in what you're saying and that are hyper local. That's a great place to start. So how do we do that research? How do we identify the local uh, media outlets or newspaper? You know, what was the process as you went through to identify which ones were going to be best for you? So I can give two different examples of this because um, I've, I've done this for somebody, for myself, for somebody in New York City and also for somebody in Toronto. So it's going to be a little bit of a different example that you would do like, as I said, I grew up in a town that's five-eighths of a mile in size. We have cows everywhere. So like nothing happened. It's going to be different than what you would do in New York City. But locally, like a lot of the local publications are known. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is the one that comes to this house, comes to that house. Um, or when you go to stores, they'll sometimes have like, they have those bins where they have like, take one for free and there's mm -hmm. little newspapers in there. Like you could do some of those. You could do some of the ones that people actually pay for, like, you know, your local daily that somebody, they used to pay 35 cents for, now they pay like $1.75 for it. Um, you can make a list of a lot of those. So I have people make a spreadsheet and list those out. Now, okay. if somebody says, oh my gosh, I'm in a big city like New York, that's not a small pond. Well, here's the thing, right? New York has different neighborhoods. So you're going to find there's different sections that actually had their own news and own publications and things like that. And we had a similar experience with Toronto. So you're going to want to find out what are those things. And you can either do a search online. You can go into different stores and just take a look and see what they have. Um, and you can also just ask family and friends like, hey, what do you read? What comes to the house? What do you pay for? But it's really just a simple survey step to figure out what's out there. And if it's your local area, a lot of times you're probably going to be aware of it already. That's good. Great, great advice. And so you want to definitely leverage your local space, leverage your local. Uh, it's a power base that a lot of people are just like totally disconnecting from because they're yeah. like, all right, I want this, but I'm not going to do all this like stuff that's going to give me the credibility to get this. That's good. That's good. Leveraging your local space. And I haven't even really thought about it much, you know, because I have the podcast and uh, you have social media, this, that, and the other, but it does make sense that you kind of resort back to some of the more older ways because so many people are, are using the newer ways. And so now it's kind of being unique in a way because now you're sending press releases while everybody's trying to do Instagram and social, uh, Facebook and all of this. So, and you'll surprisingly get more reach than you would in a lot of those social media platforms because yeah. it's just, especially because people buy newspapers, people like, I don't know about you, but when my dad buys a newspaper, and this is sad, uh, when my dad buys a newspaper, he opens up to the announcement section and the obituary section. He wants mm. to see if anything local is happening or anybody he knows has died. Um, if you put a press release, it's going to show up in that announcement section of the newspaper, which is, you know, I've talked to a lot of locals. That's where they go first. So you're going to have a better chance of getting seen than you would if you put out an Instagram post or something like that. Nice, nice. So let's do a little uh, hypothetical or a case study. For example, let's say that I am a potential client who reached out to you and said that I hey Jeremy, I'm a personal brand strategist really working with corporate executives who want to transition into the coaching, speaking, consulting space on their own and really want to be able to get in front of 
those individuals to share how I can help them to make that transition from employee to entrepreneur. Interested in your organization and how you can help, what are some of the first steps that I need to take in order to work with you and how you can help me get in front of those individuals? So like I had mentioned, media credibility is important. So we'd take a look at what you have already. Okay. All right, so we'd say like, if you got some media, that's great. Um, if you don't, we would give you that free program I just talked about and how to get some local press and media and credibility. And then we'd talk again in a few months hmm. because we want somebody to be in a place that we can get them good placements. So that would be the first part. Um, the second part is we'd figure out who exactly do you want to be in front of, which you, you just told us. It was corporate executives and people like that. So it's okay, like, well, there's a lot of those out there. What do your mm. people listen to? You know, are they, you know, more buttoned up collar? Um, are they more action sports oriented? Like, like the people you want to be in front of, what do they care about? So that's the second thing, because you want to really define that targeted audience. That's really, really important. Mm. The other thing then is taking how you speak on a podcast and breaking that down into three different segments. And that's story, message, and call to action. You know, your personal story is what shows transformation and it gives you permission to then teach somebody, which is what your message is then. It's the three to five teachable things you want to talk about, but you're going to talk about absolutely everything around them. Like I've given out tons of strategy today because honestly, I don't care if people pay me or not. I just want to help them. And that's how you want to show up on a podcast. So you show up with that with your message and then you end up with something called call to action, what you want people to do at the end. You give people a place to continue that relationship. Um, and that is usually a tool of some sort. Um, Ebooks are not a great idea because they're too big and people can't really digest them, but it can be like a worksheet, it can be a one pager, um, it can be like some exclusive guide or something like that. Something that's gonna give somebody a win so they win when they think of you and it brings them back around to saying, okay, I think I may wanna work with this person or I could tell a friend to work with this person. So that's the thing you're doing next. And then we also take a look at like teaching people then how to use all the content you're creating. Because I find too often people look at an interview and they say, okay, I was on the interview. Great. Let me just sit here. I'm going to wait for my business to grow. Um, and a lot of times you have to be very active with the content you're creating. So we teach people then what to do with all the content that they're creating so that they get more attention, so they grow their business, so they have things happen for them. So that's essentially what it looks like you know, when somebody works as a companion brand, we're really trying to make sure that they get the most out of an interview and they deliver the most to that show that they're on. And I like how you broke it down. And I think we don't spend enough time on certain aspects of that particular strategy. For example, I used to say that content was king, but now I really say content is queen because Context. without the clarity for the content, you really, it defeats the purpose. So I like when you said it's so important to really identify who it is that you're talking to, who is your ideal avatar or your client. Can you talk a little bit more why that's so important um, as you are getting started to maybe transition into entrepreneurship or you have a product or a service that you want to get in the hands of the people that you are most passionate about? Why is it so important to be so clear about who that individual is? Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm talking to a prospect and they tell me, I'm, I'm like, okay, so who would use your product or service? They're like, everybody. I'm like, ooh, this is not good. Um, because like when you think your audience is everybody, your audience is actually nobody because mm. you're not really targeting at that person. And then even when you target, you know, like I said, like who do they listen to in terms of influencers? You can go into the financial space and there's 50 different people that don't agree with people. So, you know, who does your audience even agree with? And that's really important to know because it's gonna tell you how you talk about topics, how you discuss topics. You know, because I said earlier, you don't want to, um, you know, rip anybody off or be like anybody else. But I'll tell you right now, you're still going to have people that listen to you 
that are more like a certain influencer. You know, like people that like Susie Orman may not like Dave Ramsey, you know? So it's like you have the, the different ways people receive messages. So knowing that is really going to help you niche that down any more, even more. So you really have to get specific on that because if you want it to impact, you have to know how that person thinks, how they communicate, who they hang out with, who they, you know, where they live. That's really, really important to know. And I like that you you use Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman. They both. I'm one of those people that talk- don't agree with Dave, Dave Ramsey, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talk about. They both talk about finances. They both talk about creating generational wealth, but they have two different approaches. And in having their two different approaches, that means that they have two different audiences. Because mm-hmm. there's one audience who's attracted to Susie Orman's teaching. There's another audience that's attracted to Dave Ramsey's teaching. And I think that's a great lesson when we talk about that there are other people in your niche or in your area doing the exact same thing you're doing, but their message may be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're clear on who that avatar is, talk to us a little bit about how important it is that your message speaks to your avatar. Well, I had mentioned you want to start with your story. And I find as well that people try to tell every single part of their story. And number one, it's too long. But number two, like it's just not relevant. So you have to take a look at relevance because you were talking about before. Um, you know, the context is something that's really important, you know, not just the content. So when you're when you're looking at it, you want to take a look at what part of your story matters to what you're doing now or where you want this person to go on your journey. Like if you are somebody that's consulting on LinkedIn, you know, and you've been an astrophysicist before that, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'd be interested. But for most people, for them to want to work with you, they're going to want to know how that subject, you know, LinkedIn consulting changed your life. So you really want to focus on that and then it'll flow easily into what you're going to teach or your message. You want to teach people how to do, you know, just about everything, all the nuts and bolts of how to do it because it really does create trust. I find that so many people show up to interviews or media appearances with this scarcity idea of, oh my gosh, I can't tell people everything because if I do, they'll do it and they won't need me. And it's like, if you are that worried about what you do, then you got to find something new to do, man, Mm -hmm. because 97% of people aren't going to go do it themselves. And if they do, good on them. But really, you it creates trust, shows somebody you can do it, and they know exactly who to go to when they need that service. So you really need to deliver in a way so that somebody can trust you. Because in the online world, man, there are so many people out there, you need to give people a way to trust you. It's going to make you stand out just in that. Nice, nice. And so we have clarity on our avatar. We have clarity on what that message needs to be for the avatar. At this point, we should be at the point where we're ready to get the information to the avatar, in which you talked a little bit about leveraging, you know, the local media um, and 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 the different um, newspapers and things that may be in your community. But can you talk a little bit about other ways that we can uh, really begin to get in front of more people? Um, so that more people can see us as an expert in that industry outside of the local environment. Well, podcasts are the, are a really big deal. You know, that's what we're doing right here. You know, so it's it, it's a big deal because there's like two point two million, I think, we're up to now. It's like it's like growing like you know rapid fire. Though I think mm-hmm. only like eighteen percent are actually active, which means they produce podcasts at least every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a ton of of ability to be on the correct show and the correct audience. Like you can really niche down to in almost granular level. So I think because of that, there's so much an opportunity to succeed with that. So you really can find out 
okay, smaller shows, we'll do well with those, we'll get on bigger shows and bigger shows and go from there. But it really allows you to be in front of either hundreds or thousands of your right audience member at the same time. But then it, as well, the thing people don't think of is the networking. Like, you know, you and I are hanging out here talking, like if it wasn't for podcasting, we probably wouldn't even know each other. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's incredible. There's so many people that I am friends with now because I did a podcast. So you really want to take a look at a lot of these opportunities and things you're creating for yourself. And that's why I think this is the best place to be because, you know, 30, 45 minutes, you really have an ability to build a relationship with that listener and they get to know you and understand you and learn from you. And you're just not getting that in any other medium. If you're on Good Morning America, you know, sure, maybe you get to hang out with Michael Strahan and he's awesome, but you're on for like six minutes. So yeah. like that's not enough time to build any sort of a relationship and people mm-hmm. don't really watch those things as much as they used to anymore anyway. Yeah. So this is really giving you the ability to, you know, get mind share of, an, of, a, of a listener, which is not something you can do in a lot of other places. What are your thoughts on live streaming, pre-recorded video, uh, social media, images, posts? What are your thoughts on, on that? Well, live streaming, um, you know, you kind of beat me beat me on that one. I, I need to do more of that because I've been hearing a lot from a lot of my friends that have grown successful audiences that way. I've always been somebody that's like, I want to record it, I want to cut it, I want to do things like that. So we've always done it that way, though I'm considering doing more live stuff now, so okay. to be continued on that. But in terms of like how you're getting your content out there, um, you know, the quality and how it looks is really important. You know, go out and hire yourself a good photographer. Spend some money on that because how you look is really, really important Mm -hmm. because it changes the perception. So that's important. You know, if you can pay uh, 500 bucks or whatever to get a good photographer, great. Um, Here's another tip that people don't think of. A lot of photography students in order to graduate have to do a Mm -hmm. certain amount of pictures to graduate and they usually don't need to get paid for those. So if you're early on and don't have a budget, that's a great place to start. So, you know, look at things like that. Um, Go on Thumbtack, use that to get images. But like those images are vital because that is how people are going to perceive you. Um, The other thing is making sure that your content works for each individual platform. You want to, when when you're using things on LinkedIn, it's long form written content. You know, video was doing great for a while. It's doing okay now, but long form written content is doing really, really well again. And what that means is you get like 1300 characters, you get three lines before the button that says see more to show them the, all the 1300 characters. So those first three lines are really, really important. And I usually write a line, skip a line, write a line, skip a line because most people are reading on mobile. So you want to present it to them in a way that it's not all blocked up wording that they can't read it. So writing content for individual platforms is important. I use stories a lot on LinkedIn and that's what's really going to grab people's attention. We do posts, you know, maybe once a day, once every other day. But we're doing stories a bunch of times a day, if, if I can remember. So you really want to make sure the, the content you're making for the platforms works and features all the other content you're creating, whether it's as a podcaster yourself, as a blogger yourself, um, as somebody featured in media, or as somebody as a podcast guest. You want to be using all that stuff in all those different places. So good. So good. And I really like that tip that you uh, provided us as far as you know you really want to be where your audience is so here we are back to that audience situation is your audience on facebook is your audience on linkedin are they on instagram Um, because a lot of times people get confused and feel like they have to be on all of them right and you have to post on all of them but no if you really start with the clarity of who your audience is then it should help you to identify where you m- probably should spend most of what platform you probably should spend the most of your time on. Because it's some because somebody everybody heard some influencer out there say, 
well, you have to be everywhere. It's like, yeah, but if your audience isn't there, what's what's the darn point, man? So like, yeah. I spend a ton of time on LinkedIn. That's where a lot of my audience is. I spend a decent amount of time on, on Instagram too because a lot of my audience is there. They're not on Snapchat. They're not on, uh, what's that other one that people dance on? TikTok. They're not on TikTok. TikTok yeah. You know, so like, so like I'm on a lot of those places where, where my audience is. So if they're not there, you don't have to be there, man. You know, there's this, you only have so many attention units. Don't waste them. So good. So good. So good. That time went by so fast, but yeah, the content was so rich. And so before we end today's podcast, I'd like for you to share, you know, one parting message to encourage that person who's kind of ready to, you know, take that next step into building their own expert based business and building their personal brand to become that go to person. What would you share with them today? So I would just go back to something I said earlier, and there's one book that they should get that should, that'll really change their life. And it's by uh, Jack Trout and Al Reese, and that's called uh, Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. Because when you really understand branding and positioning, a lot of the other work is easy. But if you get the branding and positioning down first, then you'll figure out how to put the jet fuel on it. So if it were me, I would say, you know, pick up that book. It's called, Brand- it's called uh, Positioning the Battle for Your Mind by uh, Jack Trout and Al Reese. Awesome. How can we find more information about you and uh, your social media? Absolutely. So for people listening, I know we talked about a lot of branding and positioning and they want to get out there, get seen and get heard. You know, I've made so many mistakes. I don't want them to make the same one. So I put together an awesome guide for them called the seven reasons you're not getting featured on your favorite podcasts. And you can get that over at commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons and the word seven or the number seven will work for that. And then also on social media, I am at Jeremy Ryan Slate on all platforms. Um, I literally only use my per- my middle name because my parents named me after an actor and I couldn't get found in Google for years. So I'm at Jeremy Ryan Slate on all platforms. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate you taking the time out to share with us today. Each and every week we are right here on the Maximize Your Brand podcast with Markeith Brain, bringing you great guests like Jeremy to provide you the content that you need in order to leverage and build your personal brand so that you can be seen, be heard, and get paid. If you have not subscribed, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the Maximize Your Brand podcast. We are on all the major podcasting platforms and we solicit your support and in your continued listenership for those of you who've been listening listening to us for the past few years we appreciate you and hope that you continue to listen and share this out with your friends family and followers but until next week just remember this always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded take care 